Lord, we come before Thee now. At Thy feet we humbly bow. Oh, do not our suit disdain. Shall we seek Thee, Lord, in vain? Shall we seek Thee, Lord, in vain? Lord, on Thee our souls depend. In compassion now descend. Fill Good morning, Preston Crest. My name is Mike Pipkin, one of the elders here. We are certainly glad that you are here, whether you're joining us in person or whether you're joining us virtually through our YouTube channel. Either way, we would like a record of your attendance here this morning. So if you could, whether you're sitting right here now, uh, text the word check-in to the number that is on the screen in front of you, or you can use the registration card that is in the pew back if you, are, uh, if you are actually in the room here today. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here and we'll hope that you, uh, we have the opportunity to meet you, to tell you a little bit more about Preston Crest, uh, to share about our adult Bible classes that will happen after, immediately after this service starting at 945, our children's ministry. If you've got uh, kids, we can, we can get you where you need to be for our Bible class segment that starts at uh, 9.35 for children, 9.45 
for adults. We're glad you're here. If you are a first-time uh, visitor, we'd ask that you fill out the card and take it to the information center in the back. We've got a special gift for you. Uh, and again, just an opportunity for us to, to get to know you. We're glad that you are here. Uh, I would encourage you to take the opportunity anytime during the week to text the word me to the, the number that you see on the screen, because that's going to give you access to the church bulletin if you don't take a copy of it with you. Um, give me all the updated information uh, about what's going on at Preston Crest, as well as uh, a copy of the church directory, lots of other things. We've been mentioning over the last several weeks the Telling the Story conference that is uh, scheduled for February 3rd through 5th of 2023. As was mentioned last week, this is not just for church leadership, this is for everybody. This is, a, this is gonna be a three-day conference where we learn more about how to tell our story, how to tell the story, the gospel, how to share it in our community, among our friends, with our family. Just a, a fantastic opportunity for us to fellowship together and to learn more about evangelism. There's going to be, we have keynote speakers, as you can imagine. That'll be on Friday night, on Saturday night, as well as on Sunday morning. But the special thing that's happening is going to be on Saturday, where we're going to have six tracks of, of speakers, 30 different speakers that are going to be talking about uh, topics such as shining the light, first principles, uh, redemption and salvation, family ministry, equipping the church, and we'll have a special track for the ladies' uh, ministry as well. Uh, child care is, is being arranged, so come with your family. This is going to be a great opportunity, not only for our congregation, but for visitors that are signing up from all across uh, the, re the region. So this is a great opportunity for outreach and to show, to show people more about Preston Crest and to tell more people about Jesus. So please put it on your calendars and prepare to join us. If you would, let's bow for a word of prayer as we begin our worship. Dear Lord in heaven, we praise your name. We are thankful that you are our God, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to live on this earth, to teach, to train these 12 apostles and, and disciples to share the story. Lord, we wouldn't be here without the training that Jesus did for these apostles to prepare them and then to equip them with the Holy Spirit to be able to share the good news throughout the world. We're thankful for your perfect plan that brings us here right here today. Lord, we continue to ask your blessing on our congregation. We continue to ask your blessing on our country. Lord, help us to be focused upon you. Help us, Lord, to be lights in our community. Help us to people know whose we are by how we treat one another. And just help us to be your people in every place that we are. Help us to be the kind of people that you can use in your kingdom. Bless us as we continue this time in worship this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Let's continue our morning in worship. Let your glory fall in this room. Let it go forth from here to the nations. Let your fragrance spread. 
sing one more song as we enter into our time of communion, and then then Robert Stolte will come and lead us this morning around the bread and around the cup.
I want us to join the Apostle Paul this morning. It's about 55 years after the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that was about the time that the church in Corinth was experiencing the blessing from God that you might des describe as in abundance. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians saying, You were made rich in every way in him and all your speech and every kind of knowledge. So we know they were gifted, we know they were well-resourced, and they were confident about how things should be. Yet they couldn't quite agree on how to translate that into positive behavior. In fact, Paul describes their behavior in terms of a growing opposition to both Paul and Christ. And when we get to 2 Corinthians, the good news is that Paul expresses his joy over their repentance, over their turnaround, and Paul encourages them to accept the work that God was doing through him. And what was God doing through Paul? He was populating heaven with the redeemed people. And to do this, an exchange had to be made. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 states that God made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. And that scripture verse may be the clearest and most succinct declaration in scripture that refers to what we call substitutionary atonement, that God made Jesus a substitute for us to pay for our sin. And as you read into the Corinthian church, we see that they really needed this. Isaiah described it like this in chapter 53. He was wounded because of our rebellious deeds, crushed because of our sins. He endured punishment that made us well. Because of his wounds, we have been healed. That's Isaiah foreseeing God giving his righteousness in exchange for our sin. It seems like God got a bad deal. Our failures, our shortcomings, our abuses our arrogance, our infractions, for his righteousness, for his blamelessness. And that was his plan all along, to give to Jesus what I deserve so that he could give me what Jesus deserved. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we remember your love and acceptance of us through Jesus. Though you could have countered us at every turn, though you could have rejected us at every moment, you brought us life and healing. Through the Apostle Paul, you said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, for our momentary light suffering is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Yet your kindness extended. Your, prom your promises kept an invitation to accept you, a blessing we remember this morning as Jesus instructed his followers to share the bread in remembrance of him. And that is what we do together this morning. We share this bread in remembrance of Jesus. In our Savior's name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we share this cup that represents the blood that Jesus shed on the cross to cleanse us of every moment we miss the mark, every sin in remembrance of Jesus. You said in Luke 4.18 that Jesus came to earth to proclaim freedom. You said in John 8.36 that if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. You've given us the ability in Christ to love you, to obey you, to serve you, that sin had long denied us. And so we thank you for giving us a reason to celebrate as we share this cup in remembrance of the one who set us free. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. everybody. Thanks for getting out on this cool fall morning and worshiping with us. It's good to see your smiling faces. Um, hey, we like to pause here and, and just kind of celebrate what God is doing through us. I would just kind of remind you, or maybe you don't know about this, so it's a secret that I'm going to let you in on. You can give to World Care anytime. Uh, it's on the drop-down menus, and you can give if you want to do that. Uh, and you can obviously give to our regular offering this morning. Uh, and we are thankful for all of the good work that's generated by your generosity. Um, and we're just grateful for that. This morning, Debbie, I see you here again today, and I think you'll be back in Greece pretty soon. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay, we're going to head back, head back today or head back tomorrow? Be there on Tuesday. Head back tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about your work today, and you and Dino have been such amazing partners, and I love updates from the work over there. Uh, it's, which is happening to all different kind of refugee groups and peoples, and, and um, we're so excited about that. So let's pray, and we'll remember that good work this morning. Lord, you, you are amazing that you take, <laughs> you take people like us, and you redeem us, and then you put us in a partnership with the Lord Jesus, and we're so grateful and humbled to be called your children and to be invited into kingdom ministry. God, today I just thank you for Dino and Debbie and Ibrahim and so many partners around the world that allow us to, to take the gospel out and to plant churches and to see people give their lives to Christ. Bless these workers and these works and our partnerships. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Greetings to each one of you. God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, assisting the work here in Athens, Greece. And I want you to know that we are doing amazing things. We have four services every Sunday in Greek, in English, in uh, Russian, Ukrainian, and Farsi. And I want to introduce to you our uh, brother Ibrahim, who preaches in uh, Farsi. This is the Persian language. And we have people from Iran, Afghanistan here, you know, to hear the word of God. And here our brother Ibrahim. Thank you so much, Brother Dino. Greetings to all of you, and uh, we want just to uh, send our uh, love and greetings to everyone. And we are so thankful for your prayers and for your love for this church over here in Athens. And uh, here, God is working amazingly, and He's blessing us as we are going forward. And we are so blessed with a great team all together. We are working with love and unity. And it's joy that is overflowing always in our hearts. And uh, we are so thankful to God for you, for each one of you. And also we are so thankful to God, most of all, for Jesus that he came on earth to save us. So we are uh, sending our love and we wish you a great blessed Sunday all together as you are worshiping. Uh, probably as you're watching this with you, we already uh, been worshiping our Sunday service and uh, we are in the evening and you're over there in the morning. So this is the beauty of this family that all of us together, we can worship the same God and praise uh, his name because he is great and he is doing great things even today through his church. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Greetings from Athens and... Like you say in America, you all come back now. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Y'all come back now. He knows just enough to be dangerous, doesn't he, Debbie? Bless him. I love him. Hey, church, disaster relief is still going on, and we got a call this week. Well, George got a call this week. Still need some help there. So if you're able to give to that, that's still one of the options on the online giving. That would be great. Uh, Thanksgiving bags are due back today. If you have brought your bag, you can deposit that bag. You can deposit those groceries in the fellowship hall up against those windows there. You'll see all the others over there parked there. If you want to help me on this coming Friday, distribute that food that slide is not there thanksgiving food drive slide there it is hey all right uh, if you want to help me friday there's a sign up uh, option on your in your bulletin and your digital bulletin and then you can or you can email me call me uh, i'll get you hooked up friday morning was when we're going to be giving those away i need people with pickups Need people with strong arms, strong backs to help me load turkeys Friday morning at 9 a.m. If you want to help me with that, that option's on the online sign-up as well. We're going to meet at 9 o'clock in the morning on the south side. Go down to Tom Thumb and get those turkeys. So glad you're here. Let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. We'll sing one more, and then Gordon's going to come back and share with us. He shall return in robes of white, the blazing sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints, my face transfixed on Jesus' face. Oh, praise the name of 
that video, Debbie, was kind of, I, I was not expecting that video, and Dino just sent it. Here's a new video, and I'm pretty sure he did that because he wants you to come back. Um, <laughs> you've been here a while, and I think he wanted you to see his handsome face, remember how, how beautiful your husband is, and, and come on back. <laughs> Dino's amazing. Um, Hey, PC 101, our uh, membership workshop, uh, our conversations, coffee conversations will be December the 4th. So if you'd like to be part of our family or know more about our family here at Preston Crest, uh, come to PC 101, which will be just across in the fellowship hall after first service on December the 4th. Let's jump right into the Word of God this morning. James chapter 5, verse 8. James says, you also... Be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Short little epistle that James wrote, very practical stuff, wise advice for people like us. And what I like about James here is he doesn't just tell, hey, be patient. He tells us kind of how. How can we pull this off? Um, we can be patient. With people, even difficult people, we can, be dif- we can be patient with situations that might involve some delays and some setbacks. Why? Because as believers, our hearts are established in Jesus. And Jesus is at hand. Jesus is here with us. Uh, and that means in the here and now, uh, we realize this isn't reality. It's just a shadow, a foretaste. Reality is in Christ. Reality is at hand, this kingdom of Jesus Christ. And we gather today to establish, maybe reestablish our hearts in that. Uh, Jesus obviously does a lot for us, his followers. Um, And in this Freedom in Christ series, we are talking about freedom from, freedom from darkness and shame and sin and addiction, freedom for the beautiful purposes that he has for us, joy joy and goodness and love um, and patience. Last Sunday night, okay, let me just say, once again, you're going to get a story about Gordon and a drive-through. It's a new story. And these these never turn out well, folks. Um, If you've been around much, you know this is probably not going to be a highlight reel for me. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you. So last Sunday night, Isla and I come up to the 6 p.m. service. Wonderful time of worship. Wonderful to gather with you guys. Headed back home. Thank you so much for the invitation to the taco shop one of you gave me. But I wanted to get home more quickly so I could watch the Chiefs game. Uh, so I was like, let's go through a drive through And we decided to go through the Whataburger drive through which... By the way, not the fastest drive through out there. I think you, I mean, I love Whataburger, but that's not their strong point. They, they need to like send people to Chick-fil-A and figure out how to do that a little more quickly. But anyway, we got in line <clears throat> and I looked at Isla and I said, current time, 724 market. And you think that's weird? I do that every time I get in a drive through I mark, this is the time. We are now in the line. And there were about six cars in front of us. Uh, and I do that for a couple of reasons. One, I realized it might be slow. This is Whataburger after all. Um, They are masters of slowness. And I just wanted to document how slow it was going to be on this particular night. Uh, Second, I do have some mild drive-through rage issues. Uh, Drive-throughs are a bit of a trigger for my impatience. So I just wanted to kind of be on uh, maximum alert there. 
In my defense, hey, it had been like 18 months since I lost it in a drive-thru, which is pretty good. I mean, if this was a factory, you know, no rage incident for 18 months there, you know, counting, and, and that's pretty good for me, kind of proud of that. So we ordered three uh, burger meals, generic kind of burger meals, not complicated at all, right? Uh, and then <clears throat> it was as if time slowed down. And things just began moving at a glacial pace. Uh, finally, we got up to the window and we paid. And it was 20 minutes by the time we got up to the window, <clears throat> which is a bit slow, okay. Uh, we got up there 20 minutes and, and we were handed our drinks. And then stuff is going on inside the window. Not really sure what they're doing, but lots of scurrying around. And then we were told to move up to the third window. I did not know they had a third window at the one on Montfort. Uh, because I don't know that it's ever actually been used before. But there is a third window. Uh, we moved up there. It was kind of dark in there. There were boxes piled behind the third window. I think I saw some cobwebs like the window had not been open perhaps in years. But we are at the third window. Uh, purgatory, by the way. <clears throat> and so now it's 25 minutes. And at this point, Oh, Isla loves this as I begin announcing each minute as it passes on the clock. <laughs> we are now 25 minutes in. And the car behind me gets their order from window number two. They're gone. They're headed home. They're going to go watch the Chiefs game, I imagine. Uh, the car behind them gets their food. They're gone. At this point, I jump out of the car. I mean, I'm still in line. I jump out of the car, slam the door. I have to run around the building to get to the, the, way, the, the unlocked door, the non-employees-only door. And so I run through the door, and I am ready. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to give somebody a piece of my mind loudly and assertively. Um, and so, by the way, when I ran in, it had been 33 minutes in the drive through line when I ran into that uh, restaurant. Uh, to put that in perspective, last week my sermon was 28 minutes long. Okay, <laughs> seriously. So we are five minutes past my sermon at this point last Sunday. And the lady at the counter, I mean, she looked kind of beaten down. And there were like, she was the only one there. And there were 15 people lined up inside the restaurant to get help from her. And so I just, I expedited. I walked past the line. I was going straight up there to, to, to begin my rant. And then I remembered, and if you were here Sunday night, you probably didn't notice, but maybe you did. I remembered I was wearing my long sleeve blue Preston Crest Church of Christ <laughs> button-down shirt. Um, so, <clears throat> my faculties of reason were not going 100%, but the Holy Spirit reminded me um, I was about to berate a minimum wage worker over a few burgers in front of this crowd of onlookers literally wearing the name of Jesus. <clears throat> So my shoulders kind of slumped and I took in a breath of air and I just walked back out to the car. The food had just gotten there. Um, by the way, if anyone knows of a good drive through window, local rage support group, uh, give me the deets and that'll be helpful to me. Be patient. <laughs> James says, be patient. Um, establish your hearts in Jesus, in the nearness of Jesus, he's coming. The wait is not going to be long. 
And wearing the name of Christ, we are his people. We wear his name. We have real help for our impatience. Um, We can choose to step into freedom and establish ourselves there. Uh, Paul once wrote to people who were beaten down and worn out and tired of waiting. In Thessalonica, he wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, he said, We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, but be patient with everyone. You know, you don't have to be patient with peaceable, productive, joy-infusing folks in your life. You do have to be patient with disruptive people, with idle or some translations, lazy people. Um, And he says, be patient with who? With everyone, okay? The kind of folks especially who tax our patience, right? And so I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Uh, I know that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes, you know, when fruit is just right, you just reach up and you gently pluck it off the tree. Sometimes it drops from the tree and and whacks you on the head. And I think at the drive-thru that night, I got whacked on the head by the Holy Spirit. And I'm grateful for His intervention. I am. And I'm grateful that, that my rage has subsided. And I'm grateful even, I guess, for the way God is using drive through lines to teach me and shape me, among other things, in my life. Uh, by the way, I don't think this is a big shocker to you. Patience, or lack thereof, is a big problem right now. I mean, like, it is epidemic in our country right now. And you would think with, you know, faster download speeds and better technology and how quickly things move, we, we just wouldn't need patience anymore. But we're, we have less of it than ever before. And so a lot of folks theorize, researchers, that technology is actually a contributing factor to rage and impatience. Um, and it's kind of ir- ironic that in an age where we get more done in less time, we are more impatient. Apparently, the freedom from impatience, uh, anger, and frustration, it's not something that we are ever going to stop needing. It's not something that the technology around us is going to be able to solve for us. We need a different tech. We need a spiritual technology. Um, And so, this, our problem with impatience, as it turns out, is not going to be solved by speeding things up, but by trusting in God, by establishing our hearts in God. So let's hear the word of the Lord. This is the text I want to unpack for just a few minutes. Um, Colossians 1, 9 to 14. Paul says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for, I love this, all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to serve in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us 
to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If you're a doer, this is going to be possibly a frustrating text for you. Paul doesn't come along with five steps to be more patient. He doesn't come along with the, the secrets to unlock unpatience um, here. Uh, don't get me wrong. You're, you're going to get what you need. Paul is giving us exactly what we need, inspired by the Spirit this morning. Um, but what Paul does is kind of the opposite of what the doer wants. Paul takes the workload off of my shoulders and he puts it on the shoulders of God. If you read that text, that's what this is all about. My freedom from impatience will come from a source outside of me. And it's easy to miss, but this verse 9, we see this is what? This entire text is a prayer. Paul says, this is what I've been, I've been praying for you. And so I suppose you can get your list here if you really want to come up with a list. But it's not a list of things you're going to do. It is rather a list of things you're going to invite the Lord to do in you, for you, and through you. Right? This is a prayer. So, start by asking the Lord, number one, Lord, let me see and understand your will in my situation. Like, there is a bigger story at play than my story, than your story, than what I've got set up this week, than what you've got set, than the plans that we have. There's a bigger story. And so may we, Paul says, uh, my prayer for you is that you'd be filled with spiritual, uh, with this wisdom, with a knowledge of, of his will, with an understanding of that. Um, because part of my issue is, is my will, right? Part of my struggle is my desire, my discomforts. Um, and knowing how I lose sight of the big picture, I put my knees on the ground. I say to God, show me your will. Help me understand what you're doing. This bigger story that is at play. Number two, I'm going to pray this. Lord, make me pleasing and useful to you. Help me walk in a manner worthy of you, Paul says, verse 10. Help me you know, bear fruit in you. I want to be, quote, fully pleasing to you. Um, so I believe in God. I believe in his power. Uh, I believe in his presence here, today, now, among us. Uh, and, and you can feel free to disagree, but I'm pretty confident the Holy Spirit was at work in my situation last Sunday night. He's at work in big things and small things and drive through lines and frustrations all around us. And I'm pretty sure I got a Holy Spirit nudge. I got a Holy Spirit redirection when I was about to do something that was not worthy of the name of Jesus. When I was not behaving in a way that was pleasing to the Lord, I got a nudge there. I got a redirection. I'm grateful for that. Like, like I was about to verbally assault some minimum wage worker and yeah, that wasn't going to be something worthy of Jesus. That wasn't going to be something that would help spread the gospel. Um, 
and if, if you don't believe prayer is enough, like this, this isn't going to, I need stuff I do, you know. If you don't believe that prayer is enough, then I would ask you a question, do you trust God? I think that's the bigger question that you need to ask if that's where you land. Do you trust that God is at work in your life? Um, I mean, some people, I, I feel like by the way they live, they feel like I was saved by grace. Thank you, Jesus. Now, it's up to me. The rest of the way, I gotta, I'm on my own. And that's just not the gospel. That's just not what we read about in Scripture. Um, I, I would maybe, dare I say, probably um, a lack of trust in God's faithfulness and provision is actually fueling your impatience. Okay? Um, so here we go. We ask for help. And this is the deal. If we're going to be just very frank this morning, you, you can't live in a way worthy of Christ. You're not capable of that on your own. You're not capable of that. And, and remember what Paul, if you're going to push back on me, remember what Paul said here. He said, no, I'm praying that you will be, quote, fully pleasing. Not like most of the time, you know, uh, you're, you're 95% pleasing to God or 72% pleasing. No, you'll be fully pleasing to God. You can't do that. You are not capable of that. Um, we need God to save us. We need God to sanctify us as well. And that is a process. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is a process that happens and it happens over time during our life here on earth. Number three, tied to that one, Lord, I can't make it without your strength. Give, just give me strength. Um, and you've got that prayer there. How do I get endurance and patience with joy, like Paul talks about there in verse 11? Uh, how do I get that? I don't just need a blog with some meditation tips. I don't just need some medication tips. Um, what I need is... Your glorious might, Lord. I need that at work in my heart and in my mind, in my conversations, in my attitudes, in my judgments, in my reactions. I need your strength at work in my life. I cannot do this without your help. My endurance, <laughs> my love, my patience, they run out. If I'm honest with you, they, 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 they are on short supply a lot of times. So, Lord, I cry out to you because your supply is limitless. Um, I want your joy, not just when things are clipping along exactly as I had hoped they would, but in moments when endurance and patience are required, like that prayer praise about. I need your joy in those moments. I need your strength in those moments. And so I'm asking that for me, Lord. I'm asking that for my sisters and brothers, my children, my parents, my church family. Strengthen us with your power. This is your project. My transformation, our transformation, that is your project, Holy Spirit. Help us with that. Number four, this is a big one good time of year for this one as we approach Thanksgiving. Just regularly, Lord, I am grateful. It's a prayer of gratefulness. You know, Paul says, give, we give thanks to who? We give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance 
of the saints in light. Uh, I remember that old hymn this week as I was working. Count your many blessings, name them one. Yeah, okay, that's probably enough of that. Um, we can't. It's a nice idea. You can't count your blessings. You can't do it. Um, you could count some of your blessings. Um, you could load up 1% of your blessings maybe if you start counting. Um, but you can't imagine the ways that God has blessed you and is blessing you. You cannot do that. You can try. You're not aware of a lot of the ways that God has blessed you and is blessing you. Uh, I mean, if you, okay, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to count my blessings. You don't have the capacity to do that. I mean, you have to start with, thank God for every breath of oxygen that you have taken into your lungs since day one. God gave that to you. It's a blessing for you. Thank God for every beat of your heart. By the way, read this week, average lifespan, your heart will beat something like 2.5 billion times. So thank God for each one of those heartbeats. We can't, we can't count our blessings. They are too much for us. And that's probably the point of that song, actually. So for believers, for those of us who are in Christ, Paul comes along and he reminds us that we should be grateful no matter what. That we can thank the Lord, whatever situation we are in, in sickness, when we've lost someone, in frustrating situations, and when we've been disappointed, we can even then. Why? Because of what we already have. We have already hit the jackpot in Jesus Christ. We already have this inheritance in Jesus Christ. We have already been counted among saints because of Jesus Christ. God is our Father because of Jesus Christ, right there in the text this morning. And so we can be grateful for all of that. In fact, that's one reason I hope that you're here this morning. I think that's why we get out of bed on Sundays, and it's important as a church family to gather. We thank God together, even when things aren't going so great. We want to sing His praises. I had a conversation with a friend this past Tuesday, and she was telling me that she's on a, a cleanse, and I didn't get into all the details of what this is, but it involves her diet or things, and she's trying to de detox her body and things, and I, I was thinking, wow, you know, I think gratefulness is the ultimate spiritual detox, um, because it really cleanses us of frustration and impatience when we remember, wow, God, you have been so good to me, so good to my family, so good to your people. Paul gives us, if you're wondering, well, what, what specifically can I thank God for? He gives us that, right? He tells us there, starting in verse 13, he has delivered us, delivered you from the domain of darkness. He rescued you. He broke into that prison and broke you out. He delivered you from the domain of darkness. And he, put, he transferred you where? To the kingdom of his son, right? In whom you have redemption and you have forgiveness of sins. That's a lot to be grateful for. That nothing in this world, no circumstance can touch that or diminish that. So thank you, God. Verses 13 and 14 there. Thank you, Lord for delivering us, setting us free, washing away our sins, for redeeming us, for transferring us to the kingdom of light. 
Thank you for the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, every other, every other religion around the world says do. Do this, do that, and you will be right with God. Here's a list of things. They vary depending on the particular religion. But we're all, we're in a pit here, and you need to do these things to kind of climb your way out of the pit. Uh, Christianity doesn't say do, it says done, right? It points to the cross, something that happened in history. But what we all agree on, whatever religion around the world, we all agree that we're in the pit. We all agree that we're stuck, that humanity is broke. And, uh, and, and so every other religion, get to work. It's up to you to climb your way out of there. And we celebrate God did the work. <laughs> As Christians, we are saved by God's grace. We are saved by his actions. Jesus did what we could never do for ourselves. And now I love this inheritance that Paul prays about. I just want God to remind you of the inheritance that you have. It's one that will last forever. It will even outlast the line at the Whataburger. Um, Freedom in Christ. It means that we have been released from the bonds of chronic impatience. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we can be grateful even when things aren't going the way exactly that we would like for them to go. Um, It means that we can ask God for strength and he hears us and he answers prayers and he provides it. Uh, We can say, Lord, I need some endurance. I need some patience with joy and and he will hear that. Help me out with that. And it means that we can trust him. We We can cry out to him and believe that he is at work even in times of delay and waiting. There are other sermons here. I won't preach them today, but God does some of his best work in the waiting rooms. Moses in the desert. Abraham, between the time he gets the promise and receives the promise. Times of waiting, God does some amazing work in the waiting room to test us, to prepare us, to train us. And so, this morning, the invitation is pretty simple. It's talk to God. Pray about this. Ask for freedom from frustration and impatience. And trust God to accomplish in you and for you things you cannot hope to do on your own. Christian author Jerry Bridges wrote a book a few years back about the sins that Christians today tend to kind of whitewash kind of ignore like those are those are white those are little white sins those don't matter so much and and he called his book was titled respectable sins anyway neat little book but one of the one of the things he says in this book that's so good he says we don't become saints by our actions we are made saints by the immediate supernatural action of the holy spirit alone who works this deep change within our inner beings so that we do in fact become new creations in Christ. He's right on there. So will you trust in the Lord? Maybe today it's that. To shape you, to form you, to mature you, to break you free in Christ from some things that have been holding you back. Or will you trust in the Lord today to make you a saint? To make you 
holy. In baptism, we celebrate the washing away of sins as someone is immersed in Jesus. And maybe that's the step for you today, to put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you want prayers this morning. We'd love to pray with you. Come down and pray with us or pray with somebody around you. Maybe you just want to know about being a member here at Preston Crest. We'd love to talk to you about that and invite you to be part of our family here. However, you need to respond. Let's stand and let's with grateful hearts praise our God. How great the On page two of the bulletin that you received or uh, within the online bulletin that you received, you're going to see a list of names that, has been, uh, that have been called out by the congregation to serve as deacons. Those men's names are on the screen behind me. If any member has a scriptural objection to the appointment of any of these men as deacons, and I'm referring specifically to 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 12, and Acts chapter 6, verse 3, Please contact an elder by no later than next Sunday, Sunday, November 20th. Our new deacons will be introduced and welcomed at a combined Sunday morning service on December 11 at 10 a.m. One service right here, 10 a.m. We'll have Bible classes at 9 a.m. that morning, and then we'll have a combined service of celebration, uh, worship, and song, and uh, welcoming and introducing our new deacons. Um, before all of us stand, if you served as a member of our military for our country in any, in any branch of the armed services, I'd ask that you stand right now. Let's thank our veterans. Now, everybody, please stand.
Thank you to our veterans who have served our country. We're just so thankful for your service. Uh, everyone, if you would, say this take-home verse with me from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And the church said, Amen. Amen.